Hello, and welcome to the Negative World Podcast, a podcast about video games by the Nintendo fans at negativeworld.org. This is episode 97, or as some may come to know it, episode 96, part 2, because this is actually the last two or so hours of the episode that we recorded on December 21st, 2016, but we had to cut because it was just simply way too long for one show. We got through our now playing in that episode, we got through our 2016 Wii U kind of, you know, once over of what we had been playing. Uh, hashtag Splatoon. But this episode is going to be strictly all about the Wii U. We have four anchor questions that we're going to go through, and I'm probably going to explain it uh, momentarily. I just don't recall because it's been a couple days. But we go through the Wii U. We talk about what the heck happened with it. It's been a long generation, uh, all things considered. And, uh, you know, as our way to clear out the, the old and in with the new with the Switch coming soon, we wanted to just talk about it and see uh, what came out of it. So, it's a really good discussion. I really hope you enjoy it. You know, I'll welcome back uh, Paul, Dave, and Joe, who were uh, joining me on this episode, and I hope you all enjoy. Here it is. Okay, so that kind of leads into the broader discussion that we were trying to have here, which is uh, the Wii U in general. So, you know, I don't have that much of a structure planned for this, but the Wii U has been out for many years now, and I think a lot of people have this feeling that there wasn't a lot to play or there uh, just didn't have a lot of games live up to what we expected or something like that. This was a lackluster system. And I really would disagree in many aspects, although I can understand some folks, maybe partial criticisms, but uh, so I asked all of the, uh, the guests and Joe and everything um, to give me their collections. And I kind of aggregated this data which um, tells us a little bit about what we, as a as a group, kind of fell in love with on the Wii U and what maybe only some of us found were little gems. So I just wanted to kind of in general state some facts really quick about this and then uh, ask you guys some questions and then we'll just see where the conversation goes from there. But um, in looking at this, there are uh, 73 total games amongst all four of us that uh, that we own. Um, not individual games, but different games. So obviously some of us all, you know, we all own Mario Kart, for example. Um, but 73 different games. And uh, Paul, you have the most with 54 uh, actual yes. games. You're number one. <laughs> I'm, wow. a, uh, I'm a close second uh, with 45. Um, and then close after, after, whatever. <laughs> after that is Joe with, uh, with 30. And then, I have games. And then Dave has 21. Oh. And uh, 21? I, Holy crap, that's more than I thought. Yeah. yeah. Now, this includes retail and digital and all that stuff, but um, although, Paul, I uh, I made this joke before you connected on the call earlier today, that's um, proof that we have maybe, a, like, just proof that we have so many, and the reason we have so many is because you and I are the only two that have Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival, and <laughs> it's, that's that's how we pad out our, our uh, oh, collections man. a bit, I think. So, I even even when I gave you my list, I was like, I got a really good deal on this one. Yeah, you had to preface <laughs> it, right? Well, let me let me preface it with uh, I paid full price. So did you? That's awful. Did you include your your virtual console games in your number? Uh, no. So th- I I did okay, write good. mine down, but since I didn't really ask you guys for yours, I didn't include them. So that doesn't include for me, you know, Donkey Kong sixty four, uh, Mega Man X two, you know, none of that stuff. So this is strictly uh, Wii U retail or. Uh, eShop exclusives, that kind of thing. So, 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 did you count things like Earthbound Beginnings? Uh, that I did. Because, yeah, that's kind of a strange one. 
Yeah. So I didn't count Earthbound, which I, you know, I own that, but I, I counted Earthbound Beginnings because it is kind of a, almost a Wii U eShop version of the original game. You know what I mean? But, um, but that's what it's the only, it's the only way to like officially play it. So. Yeah. Right. So it is in, in all essence a Wii U game, uh, even though it's a, a remastering, so to speak. So, um, but yeah, so that's how the general numbers break out. Uh, only nine of these games are owned by all of us, which uh, is interesting. That you know, mm. for example, bearded you know bearded nerd Dave, you've got twenty one different games, but only nine of them, you know, were ones that we all we all own. You've got some that is interesting, more unique gems, you know, that not all of us picked up. So uh, really quick, just to go over which those nine are, just because I think it might be a surprise to you guys, let alone the listeners. But uh, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, yes, Mario Kart Eight. Nintendo what? Land, uh, Super Mario 3D World, Super Mario Maker, Super Smash Bros. Wii U, The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker HD, Wii Fit U, uh, clearly it shows with all of us, and, uh, <laughs> and then lastly, <laughs> <laughs> that was more a joke about myself than you guys, but uh, lastly, uh, Yoshi's Woolly World. So those were the nine. Um, I mean, quite a few games we actually... Nine. Only one of us had too, so it's uh, it's been very fascinating. Um, so with those couple of stats in there, I wanted to start off with asking you guys. Uh, I suppose of all these games we've played, what was your favorite game in uh, in the library? And we'll just kind of see where this goes. So uh, we'll start with Paul. Um, well, maybe... I d- I don't want to give the uh, boring answer of Smash Brothers. Well, um, yeah, I mean we kind of know that. I mean we know yeah, that too, right? exactly. So. Um, I'm Mario Maker all the way. Yeah. Um, and it's unfortunate that the 3DS version is kind of a gimped version of it because I would have bought it again. Depends on who you ask. Oh well, I mean, <laughs> truthfully, <laughs> no, yeah. Um, if it had the online capabilities, the same abilities that the Wii U game had, I would have bought it again. Mm-hmm. Like just to have that in my pocket. That is, bar none, what I feel to be like the greatest thing to come out of the Wii U. Like, like, aside from Smash Brothers, which, you know, to be fair, Smash Brothers hasn't really changed that much, right? Right. I love the game that originally came out, and it just kind of evolved. But Mario Maker, it has everything. It's, it's, a, you make your own Mario courses, and, and it uses the gamepad properly. Like, it's, it's, it's the perfect Wii U game. And Mario I Maker. Think was a game that really was one of the ones that I think defined the Wii U because obviously the, the tablet really got a good use out of it, which was more rare than we'd hope, but uh, yeah, it definitely was a game that was not expected. It came out of nowhere. Um, I mean, I think we all can remember just the hype behind learning about it. You know, while Smash Brothers, for example, we, I think there's a lot of hype over it, but not so much in how are the techniques going to be done so much or, um, it's just more like what's what's the new content? What's the new characters? What's you know all that stuff? But exactly. uh, this is just like a whole new type of thing you could do. You never could do this before, and the Wii U brought that to us. So I think that deserves a lot of credit. I think it's great that you would say that uh, about Super Mario Maker. And you, oh, I'm still like I mean I haven't played it in a long time, but I'm still I love it. It's such a good package. You know, and and obviously you know because you partook in this, but I had set up a uh, Google. Uh, forms a document that would uh, was a rather simple form, but it, it was a way for us to track uh, the negative world specific levels. And yeah, you can do tracking in the game, but we set it up so that you could, you know, someone who bought the game today could easily find out which games or what levels we had made, and uh, almost like a history for us. And um, 
you know, I appreciate you supporting that, but also, man, you were a big reason that that list is so big. I mean, you were cranking out these great levels, and, and I want to give you props, because one thing that, you know, the game itself made made me very happy this uh, this generation, but knowing you, man, really actually upped the appreciation for the game in general, because you made some yep. stellar levels that I think we all will agree yep. were some of the best. Well, thanks. Yep. You had the I will had agree. Nintendo heart and soul in there somehow, so that was very cool. And if if I've got any drive to go back into Mario Maker right now and play the levels that I didn't get a chance to in that list, it'd be to make sure that I didn't miss any of yours. So awesome, that's sweet. It's really unfortunate that you know Pete, the 3DS one, you can't do that. Yeah, you can't you can't take a look? You can't actually go through that list and and choose levels to play. I don't really understand why that is. Yeah, because there's no missing features that I'm aware of, you know, um, as far as, like, you know, assets. It's not like you, right. in the 3S version, you can't do thwomps or something. I think they took out, like, the Nat Attack game and a few other little bells and whistles, but, I mean, I don't know. It makes me sad. They when I see out- it at the store, it makes me, I like, I want to get it, but I just, I just can't. Took- oh, the Nat, you know, Nat Attack, uh, the old Mario Paint yeah. game where you flat, uh, swap flies. Yeah, they took that out. That's I don't the, know what else they took out, but the costume you get from beating like the special version of that is the one costume I never achieved. Yeah, I never got that either. Actually, but, that was uh, hard. Yeah, uh, but the costumes were another aspect of it. I know this was, um, you know, the year or the the generation of Amiibo, right? I mean, I, that's something that's not even captured really on the game list. But uh, for better or worse, this was the generation of Amiibo and um, Mario Maker with the costumes did helped me feel like I was getting value digitally out of them. Uh, considering, but I, you know, I mainly bought them for the figurine and collector's aspect, but I did like how they, you know, unlock these cool little costumes and you could still get them otherwise for folks who didn't have the Amiibo, but I liked that uh, I had the freedom to just kind of unlock it at will. I think that that really worked. Like there were so many unlockable costumes that it, it made you feel like getting the amiibo, like if you had the amiibo already, it added that value. Um, but people could, everyone could still unlock everything. It's just there were so many of them that the, the, the weight of the amiibo is still there. You know what I mean? Like right. it took away so much more that you had to do in a good way. I think that was a really good balance for both people who, you know, abhor amiibo and people who adore amiibo. <laughs> I agree. Absolutely. And that was well said. (laughs) So, yeah, fantastic pick. Let's jump over to to Dave. Do you have a uh, particular favorite that you want to say from your collection that that defined the generation for you? I'm not sure about defined the generation, but uh, aside from, I'm going to have to preface it the same way Paul did. I don't want to go with the boring answer and say Smash. Um, But the game that actually convinced me to get a Wii U back then was Lego City Undercover. Mm. And Good I, choice. I know it's I know it's kind of one of those games that we're all gonna want to stick with a, a Nintendo first party game. And I know that this is now becoming a not exclusive game. But when I went over to Paul's because he got a Wii U, I believe on release day and I waited a bit and I watched him play it and he's like, oh you know it's just like GTA, but it's awesome because it's Lego. I'm like, yeah, I'm sold. I'm in. Like, and I was, I was like, I didn't even need him to describe it. Just watching him play the game 
because I've been a bit of a sucker for the Lego games to this point. They're good and, games. Yeah, they're fun. And then watching this happen, I'm just like, this is insane. Just how freeform it is, how much you can do, and the sense of humor that the Lego de- game developers put into it. I was I was hooked. So I know it's kind of a simplistic game. I know it isn't really a show off the the hardware in the same way as Mario Maker so so does so well and so clearly does. But to me, it I put more hours into that game than any other game save potentially Smash Brothers. So, you know, I would still um argue though that it did use the tablet pretty well for early on in its life. It sure. did. It, it used the tablet similarly to Zombie U, where like a character had a thing in it that looks like the tablet. Yeah. And and it there are certain things that you can do on it. I mean, unfortunately or fortunately, they are actually um, porting the game over to PS4 and yep. uh, the Switch and stuff, which is fine. Um, oh yeah, I don't have an issue. I di- I didn't mean it as a critique. It was just that you know so much of what we do here on Negative World and then the podcast by extension is that we focus on the Nintendo stuff, so... yeah, Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And I I guess this was just one of those games that it was the perfect game for me at that moment, and and I know word of a lie if I reviewed the amount of hours I put into that compared to my other games in my collection, save potentially Smash Brothers, they would probably be a at the top of the list. I think Steven was really into it as well. Eh? Did you 100% that, Steven? Absolutely. Proudly. Yeah. yeah. So I think we have a lot of LEGO City undercover lovers here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to be one someday. I still have to friggin' get that game and play it. And finally, I think I would really like it. It did get well, its price drop, finally. It got its price drop, but it's also yep. being ported to the Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the Where did the, you hear that, by the way? I, I know you said that a moment ago. I wasn't sure if you misspoke, but no, they that's, an, that's they announced it. Lego announced yeah, it. Yeah, they announced it. It's being ported to like uh, third oh, the wow. other the other systems too. Now I'm curious. There's actually quite a few Nintendo references like in the game. <laughs> um I'm wondering how they're gonna change those because they're definitely not gonna be able to keep them that way in the like the PlayStation 4 version. Right. Like I mean they're straight up Nintendo like there's question mark blocks like Mario question mark blocks of you know Mario sounds and you know, the one the one way to get to the island, of course, we know, is the... Uh, the green pipe. The green pipe, like, very iconic Mario pipe, you know, with a doof, doof, doof sound and all that stuff. I would hope, It'll be interesting to see what they do. I would hope that they just do kind of like, um, what's, uh, shoot, what was that game that uh, was on Xbox where each, or no, no, each version of it, oh, Shovel Knight had done some special stuff with each, each version, right? Um... I think it was in their DLC, maybe or something. But yeah, I kind of don't like that though. It, it, I feel like I, I don't like. I think this started like to me with. Um, I'm sorry to cut you off, but we'll, no, we'll get okay. back to it. Um, it kind of started with uh, Soul Calibur. Remember Calibur when Soul Calibur two came out, and then one had Link in it, and the other ones had I don't know. The one with Link was the best, the GameCube one. Um, but no one really owned the same like. You you're never fully owned. The, you don't have talking about. It feels weird to me to not have the same content. And like, I'd love to play Shovel Knight with the Battletoads in it. I'm never going to. Which version I, had that? That's uh, Microsoft owns Rare. Oh, that makes Rare sense. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. So, about that. and I love Battletoads. I think that would be cool. I'm never going to have an Xbox like one because I don't. 
I just, that's just, I have a decent PC that whatever. Anyway, that doesn't matter. I don't know. Anyway, that's a tangent. I'm going off on you. Sorry about that. <laughs> I do get what you're saying though. <laughs> so it's so, almost yeah. like retailer exclusive content, but on a more macro. Yeah, it's like, level. Oh, I have this game, but I'm not going to be able to play this chunk of the game ever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's really too bad. So sorry, Stephen, you were saying something along those lines. No, no, it, it's all right. Um I mean, I don't even want to stray on that topic too much cuz I want to focus on the Wii U still. So, um all in all though, yeah, I did 100% Lego City Undercover. Um, cuz it's awesome. I uh I'm definitely wishing that instead of a like a port that was happening to all the different consoles and everything, it was more a sequel. But, um, oh, I would be so all over that. That would be awesome. But what happened to me is this this brought me a special experience because I am actually not a huge fan of the Lego games because I'm not really big on the whole specific franchise. You know, like I'm, I'm not super in love with Harry Potter to where I get all crazy about that or Lord of the Rings or um, Star Wars. I mean, I love I love all those franchises, but the Lego stuff doesn't really catch me in the same way. So this was all Lego, you know, that I and I just was totally engrossed in the world and the different. Uh, mechanics and uh, costumes and all this stuff. It was just so wonderful. So um, I was talking this up forever, trying to get Game Wizard to just buy the damn thing at full price for like two years and uh, stuff like that. So I I definitely got to give my love to this game too. So another fantastic pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe, do you have a favorite game that you uh, want to talk about a little bit? Sure. Well, I don't want to be boring and say blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> but I am going to say Super or no, just Mario Kart 8. Okay. Mario Kart 8. So I am going to be boring. No, that's, that's not okay. bad. Uh, we got to love the big ones, too. Yeah. You know I love the big ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we went there. Uh, yeah, so I don't even know what to say. Should I say anything? Should we just? Well, of course, yeah. I mean, we w- I want to celebrate the Wii U with this. So, yeah, I mean... okay. Here's the deal: Mario Kart Eight. Um, this game, I just felt like what I really fell in love with about Mario Kart Eight was the first. I mean, a couple things. First of all, I thought it was cool how they kind of uh, eventually loosened sort of the definition of what kind of characters can be in Mario Kart, you know, eventually adding your links and your villagers, your, uh, Isabel, things like that. Um, and of course the, the levels that went with it, you know, having an animal crossing stage and a link stage, Zelda stage, I know Amy was her favorite uh, combination eventually was uh, I think she put Toad on the uh, Zelda bike, whatever it was, like a horse looking bike. Um, So that stuff was very cool. But even more so than that, I just felt uh, the raw, unbridled horsepower that the Wii U was known for really shined in this game because some of the environments just looked so pretty and gorgeous and racing through them was just so fun because you know a game like Mario Kart the idea is you're going to be going around these tracks for you know hundreds of thousands of times whatever it is so if it doesn't 
you know, it doesn't have to be high def as the answer, but the visuals have to be interesting enough, pretty enough that you want to keep seeing them, you know, keep revisiting these locations. Um, and I just more so than any prior game in the franchise, I just felt like this game accomplished that for me. Like I just sometimes when the camera would sort of like zoom around the track, you know, before the race is about to begin. Like, I felt myself wishing that that could go on longer because I'm sure there are parts of these tracks that, you know, someone spent a great deal of time meticulously crafting aesthetically that I will just never really be able to see because I'm driving past it at a relative. 250 miles per hour, whatever it is. <laughs> uh, I don't know how many kilometers per hour that is for Canadians, uh, <laughs> but um, uh, and then and even even better, something that I really loved. And first, I'll tell you what it is and why, and then I'll tell you what killed it for me. But um, the replays and being able to share them on YouTube, I frigging loved. Do it, you know, you do something crazy in a race, and in all the previous Mario Karts, you'd have to just, you know, verbally tell someone, like, oh my god, you should have seen it. It was amazing. This, you know, five shells darted right around me, and they all missed me. And then I threw a banana peel at the person in front and got them, you know. Now you could actually share that visually and slow it down and instant replay, play it back and forth. And well, and that whole thing. That whole thing actually yeah. was uh, a really good thing for Nintendo as far as their ability to expand their brand out into Miiverse and to, you know, beyond their console because the angry Luigi guy, yes. that whole thing became a meme, you know? The I mean, Luigi yeah. death stare? Yeah, the yeah, Luigi yeah. death stare. And it became a meme, and without spoiling too much, there's a small reference to it in uh, Color Splash. Yeah. Is there so, really? The Luigi death stare, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Like it's just it's just part of the writing, but I mean, it, I was like, seriously, <laughs> that's awesome. But oh, yeah, for sure, it's, yeah, it's yeah, fantastic. And and the replays, you know, I'll let you continue with that uh, in a sec, Joe. But um, I mean, you're, I mean, you're really hitting it on the nose as far as the the great abilities that uh, it allowed. But uh, it's it's cool that it it really expanded the social aspect of your gaming in you know by yourself in your room or even online. You know, people. You, you you detach from the online folks and you never see them again, but you still can share your experience with anyone you choose. Absolutely. I mean, I just I just love that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm basically just restating it again. But you know that something amazing could happen in a race, and it didn't have to just die when you got to the results screen. You know, like it could live on forever, right? You put it on YouTube, uh, and I know even for me, I would usually end up downloading a lot of the ones that I particularly love just so I wouldn't have to even rely on having an internet connection um, yeah so I just that was so cool now the thing that the thing that kind of ruined it for me which uh, well, can any of you guess first of all I'm just curious if this if you had the same sort of reaction about the YouTube video specifically no I, I have to say I don't yeah I'm in the uh, too. the upload time Okay, yeah, I guess that was the one thing I thought about. Oh my goodness! But is it? Oh is my that, goodness! Is it, but it was that Nintendo, or was that just your connection no. speed? No, I think it's um actually the way that because uh, I know when I upload anything to YouTube, it's like 
it really does take a long, long time because it's not so much just the upload speed, although that will take a long time, but it also has to process, right? I, you know, it does some sort of conversion or optimization or whatever it is uh, on their end. Now, the, when you're doing it through a browser, usually when you get to that point, you can like disconnect and leave and it will just, you know, the video won't be viewable yet, but that will kind of happen behind the scenes and, and, you know, they'll let you know when your video is done processing or something. For whatever reason, the Mario Kart 8 interface did not allow you to skip that step. Like, it, it made you sit there the whole time. So it was basically, I would estimate, twice as long a process as it kind of needed to be because you were waiting for both the upload and the processing of the video. And uh, just... I don't know. What what would have really fixed it for me was if there was some sort of, you know how you can do like download later for like 3DS eShop purchases, things like that, right? And, you know, basically whenever your system is closed or asleep or you have some sort of downtime, then it'll download in the background. If they had had something where you could just click like upload later, right? And then whenever you're done using your Wii U, you know, you, you put it in sleep mode or whatever, and then it took care of however many videos you wanted to upload, that would have been outstanding. And I think that the entire sort of service would have would have benefited from that. I think you would have seen even a lot more sharing than you did. The greater game on the whole, just outstanding. Loved yeah. it. I never quite got as good at it as I got um, the previous two. Like Mario Kart Wii and Mario Kart 7, I really felt like eventually I mastered. I still feel kind of like I've just scratched the surface with eight and i don't know what that would look like if i compared hours played across those different games i feel like i played it about an equal amount as those other ones maybe it's just got so much more going on but uh yeah just kind of a side note i never really felt like i mastered it the way i did the previous two mm-hmm. well you'll get your second chance uh as it's gonna yeah. be a pseudo launch game um, i that i'd be i'm happy about that that would be awesome yeah. i would love a second opportunity for that so yeah i, I do want to jump in at, at the first point that you made about how the courses are really pretty and all that stuff mm-hmm. i think that presentation wise like it is leaps and bounds above any other mario kart the amount of like love put into not just the environments but the the characters the music and the, and the music, music, especially the music, especially. Oh I, say, I was waiting for my I was waiting for my turn to jump in because that had to single handedly <laughs> be some of the best music I'd heard yeah. out of a out of a Nintendo game in quite a while. One yeah, of the best like video game soundtracks ever. It was say. phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And like, if you look back at like the older Mario Karts, yeah, they're super fun and stuff. But the you know the character models are kind of janky looking. The music's generally pretty forgettable. And then all of a sudden they just blasted Mario Kart 8 out. It was very impressive uh, uh, presentation-wise, like well, I think all all together. I think Joe's favorite replay uh, functionality is actually probably one of the sole reasons for it, because suddenly you were going to be looking meticulously at these characters. Absolutely, so they had to make it look good at a at a standstill, let alone moving. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so thank God for that. For sure. But yeah, and I'm glad that uh, that Dave mentioned the music because I was going to shout it too if, if nobody oh, did. Yeah. I was actually going to yeah. just get into that right after I talked about the models. So everyone loves the music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would be hard pressed to find someone who, who didn't, you know. 
uh, who, or who actually disliked it. I mean, uh, I can I can only hope for the same kind of quality in in future Mario Kart games, let alone uh, you know future games in general. Uh, the, the thing that I want to say really quick to add to Joe's stuff is I did like actually it was what convinced me to accept the idea of a Nintendo Kart because when they introduced Link and the Animal Crossing Villager and uh, Isabel and all these other characters into uh, the DLC, which is arguably, you know, maybe not the the best thing uh, to have DLC in general, but I feel like they did a really good job with what they, they did. And, um, and, and again, the detail, like in the Animal Crossing stage, uh, is just incredible. If you just drive them really slowly, just to, you, you'll hear people in their houses more or less. Like if you, if you just, or if you pull up your KK slider, you'll hear him playing a song. You never will hear it as you're whizzing past him. And it's mm. just, uh, I mean, the details are just so incredible. Um, it makes I, you feel good to play a game that someone cared enough about to do that. For sure. I, I do want to say that the, I think Mario Kart 8 is like the best bang for your buck DLC that like anyone has <laughs> yes. ever given. Yep. Like yep. the price yep. for the for the content was like ridiculously yep. good. Yeah. I don't yep. recall what was, I bought it, but I don't remember what the price was off the top of my head. I Twelve think. bucks for. Oh, that's right. It was it was both, ridiculously right? reasonable. Yeah, yeah. It was for yeah. like two two cups and like a bunch of characters and and vehicles and. I think yeah, it was like, maybe like seven bucks each or twelve or, bucks together. Right, something like that. Yeah, yeah. that it's sounds like a really really good. <laughs> and good it took deal. it took a year to happen, which was kind of a bummer. But at the same time, you pay twelve dollars one month, and then every six months for the next year, you're getting incredible content that really makes you jump into the whole game all over again. So yep. I mean that that's really doing it right if there is a way to do it right. I mean, Agreed. So uh, yeah, fantastic pick uh, there, Joe. Well, we're three for three so far. Yeah. Well, don't ruin it, Stephen. So okay, um, Animal Crossing Amiibo. F- no, uh, <laughs> yes, that's for, a different que- that's for a different question. No, um, obviously I could go obvious and say Splatoon, um, but I don't have to. And. and uh, <laughs> But you're going to. We know Smash. We know Splatoon. We, I mean, a lot of these games that we're talking about are actually we the, know the green Smash ones. That we've all owned. Yeah, but but but, but truthfully, see, I know you're going to say something else, but I think Splatoon is a, is not even an odd like a bad choice. It's it's such a like it's a brand new IP. It's like a way to make you know a shooter very Nintendo esque, and okay. it uses the yeah. uh, and it uses the gamepad like. But anyway. Well, no, I mean, uh, not to hijack this with two games, but. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, we. I guess you're right. Let's take a moment to really appreciate Splatoon. I mean, obviously, I I do, and I'm crazed about it. But um, the re- like, I don't understand the craze, to be honest, to some degree, because it, I, it caught me, it bit me like no game really ever has before. You know, it makes you wonder if it's one of my favorite games, like of all time. Is it the favorite game of the Wii U? Is it uh, the favorite game of who knows how long? 3D consoles? I don't know. But the way that I get engrossed in in this gameplay, and it's not just you know, I mean, I mean, there's only 16 levels, which is actually quite a bit, and it's very nice and everything. But, uh, you know, it's not like it's super expansive or something like uh, like a Xenoblade game or something like that. And the the gameplay can be kind of repetitive after a while, but it just it's so gratifying to play and to and to navigate the levels and to swim and shoot your ink and the whole the whole gameplay thing. It's just it mind-blowingly brilliant. Agreed. And uh, and then as Joe, you were saying, I know you don't even have the game. And, you know, you're not necessarily going to play it anytime soon, but you still really appreciate the art style and the art direction 
and the music. Mm-hmm. And, and there's so much polish in the same way that Mario Kart had its own polish. But this had its own direction that just, I think, really was solid. And I think it's amazing to to find out that people are complaining about the single player. And their biggest complaint is that it wasn't long enough because they loved it so much. I mean, that's just, that's cool, you know. In a oh, multiplayer man. game, for people to complain that the first single player wasn't deep enough is just like... You know, fantastic. Yeah, it's it's definitely like, if not like, the standout game of of Nintendo's generation. I think it's you know in the top. Yeah. Just just as like a, I mean, Mario Maker is my personal choice, but just as like like it's its own thing. It's got its own feel. It's like presentation wise, there's nothing like it. Yeah. Like, at all. It's it's awesome. And so, what about uh? Ink Kid Shooters. What about that game? That's kind of derivative. <laughs> yeah, was that on the you guys not... 5 or something? <laughs> yeah, did you guys not play that one? No, no, sorry, I can't say I didn't. Oh. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Splatoon, Splatoon was fantastic, and um, I guess Smash was, it's easy to, I mean, not that we couldn't have talked about Smash for a long time, but, uh, you know, that is a uh, another version of a game in a series, and Splatoon really was a standout surprise, just like Mar- just like Mario Maker was, you know. But I and the, the way that they did the demo too, I, I gave them a lot of credit for how they kind of got the hype built. And the oh yeah, they, and it worked. When I when that demo happened, man, I was in Indiana, and uh, so I wasn't even near my my uh, you know my my system and everything. And I, I brought my system with me to Indiana. Uh, we were having dinner that night, and I kept telling my girlfriend, I said, hey. Uh, this is great and all, you know, but we have to make sure we're back by six o'clock or whatever when the thing starts or whatever it was. The global test fire. Yeah, the global test fire because it was so ridiculously like I had to do it and they had this small window. And um, and I remember they did it like a month in advance. So you had to, to wait quite a while to actually dig in for real. I mean, it was just incredible. And then and then the real game just uh, melted. And then, <laughs> and I, yeah, I'm melting. Um, and then also the, uh, the, um, now I'm forgetting the, what the hell they were. The, uh, the big events. What the hell are they called? They stopped. Splatfest? Splatfest, yeah. Oh my god, how did I forget Splatfest? <laughs> uh, but Splatfest, man, that was... I mean, it, it didn't do that much to change it up, but the idea that we would all kind of vote and support and then kind of come together, all you know, who knows how many millions and, of us, right? And and a big difference, like a big thing for me too, was just during the Splatfest, it was nighttime. The presentation was mm-hmm. just changed enough to make it feel like something special. Yeah, and yeah, the music, the, I mean, the day before, the 24 hours before, the actual, like, t- uh, city square would actually change as they were setting up. Yeah. And there was so much kind of life built into that. And then, yeah, the, even the, the ink colors were more fluorescent. You know, they were more distinct in that sense, too. So, um, unfortunately, the only way to get that now is to have the uh, Kelly uh, or Marie um, Amiibos and uh, watch their singing or whatever, because then it'll cut to nighttime for that. But, oh, I didn't know that it would cut to nighttime for that. That's yeah. pretty cool. I never actually tried my Amiibos on it. You should. Uh, I mean, it really just allows you to listen to certain music that you normally couldn't have. The dances are, you know, nothing special. Who cares? But uh, uh, but it's still very cool. And it would be nice if there was some way, or, or if, I don't know, I guess I don't know if they could do it with everyone playing across the world, but it would be nice if they could do, you know, on Saturdays, it's always uh, dark or something, you know, just to keep yeah. that alive because it was pretty fun. But uh support showing my support for uh for Patrick over SpongeBob, you know. I mean I had to uh or did I do SpongeBob? I can't remember who the hell I picked. <laughs> but it was really but it was super important to me at the time. 
I may forget <laughs> exactly, that one, but it was it was it was like life or death before. So, um, so yeah, Splatoon was great. Uh, thanks for forcing me into talking about it. Um, well, I know how much you loved it, or do you love it? So I mean, and and, I, and it's totally worth like it's it's not a boring choice. It's not a you know it's not a Smash Brothers. It's something new. Yeah. Well, okay, I don't know if I should bring up another game at this point, or well, what was it? What was your number two? I was, I was going to bring up Yoshi's Woolly World. Oh yeah, that's so. good. that's good stuff. <laughs> Working my way through it now. Well, let's 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 talk about that, and then we'll get to the next question. So, um, Yoshi's Woolly World is a sequel to uh, to actually multiple games in the Kirby's in series. Up yarn. <laughs> yeah, it's what happens when Yoshi's Island and Kirby's Epic Yarn nuzzle up together and uh, <laughs> on a nice uh, wintry. Uh, Snow Day. Um, no, but uh, this, you know, I didn't play Kirby's Epic Yarn, but something captured me about this game. And I think, again, this had one of those special mixes of Nintendo's ability to do presentation and music and gameplay and put it all together in a package that really was damn near flawless. To me, this game beats out every other game in its franchise. And it's definitely the top. And I, I, I 100%ed it as well. It's one of those games that I just had to do that to. And uh, and I I think almost Nintendo can only go down from here because how are they going to top this? Well, with Poochie and Yoshi's Woolly World, with Poochie Amiibo for 3DS. We'll see if I can get the damn Amiibo. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean I mean they really took the Epic Yarn thing and just went you know leaps and bounds ahead of it, right? I mean they doubled down. Well, well, I mean truthfully, they they kind of held on to the the. Yoshi's Island formula and mm-hmm. just gave it that yarn presentation. Right. So it doesn't really play like Epic Yarn really at all, aside right. from you know pulling on little bits and pieces of the scenery and stuff like that. I like I actual. like both games. Um, Woolly World I feel is a stronger game though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't mean to compare them because obviously they are so different. But um, I mean the aesthetic was just so great to see in HD. I think that was one of the standout graphic. Uh, graphical achievements. That's why it's on going to be on the 3DS now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and I think Yoshi's tongue is actually a very natural, you know, uh, lasso tool that you would have expected from like Kirby's Epic Yarn and things like that. So um, I don't know. It was it was fantastic, and and the way that they interpreted the Yoshi's Island world into yarn was, I think, something special for the system for the generation. Awesome. Yeah. So that's why I was going to pick that. But um, it's a good choice. So another question I want to ask you guys uh, is: from your own library, uh, what would be the black sheep? What is the game that was just kind of bizarre, um, but you loved it, or uh, or maybe it's just you don't know why the hell you own it? But um, you know, I mean, just what would be the black sheep in your collection that that you want to talk about as something from this generation? We'll go with Paul again. Oh man, I'm always first. Unless someone wants to jump in, I don't. I don't need to go in, go in order. Well, so should we? Are we saying like the game that we like least, or just the one that is the most different from the others, or surprise, like the the one that we like that no one else seems to like, or we just interpret it any way we want? I, I did originally have what was your least favorite, but I felt that was a bit negative uh, right. when we're trying to just kind of celebrate. Uh, the generation right. so so yeah yep. um it could if you want you can interpret it that way uh, as the like the, the why the hell did i buy this kind of thing or, okay um, well i i got one of those then. okay okay sure. and and it's not that i dislike the game 
it just falls under a category of I really have no reason to own it, and that would be Nintendo Land. And that's mm-hmm. not meant as a and that's not meant as a critique of the game. That's meant to, as I have no reason to own it because the <laughs> game plays best when you have a large group of like a group of people to play the game with. Well, that's never the circumstances that I have to play a video game with unless I'm at someone else's house. So when I've played the game with a large group of people, I've had a lot of fun, but that's never been my copy. That's always been someone else's copy. You understand what I'm like? Yeah. I'm, I'm going with yeah. like, cause it's not oh, that yeah. I dislike it. I really like it. I wish I would have been able to play it more. Well, slightly more than half. I think we're only, we're actually only available or for a single player experience, only about half or so. Yeah. Uh, we're even available to you yep. um, in any meaningful way. And then, um, uh, of those remaining, two was okay for a couple, but yeah, you really could could have used a, a few more to really yeah. get the most out of it. So I get you because I mean, I would. I remember I got it and having played it over at Paul's, really enjoyed it. So I threw it in mine. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna unlock these things. And I played for about a half hour. I'm like, well, this is just the worst thing ever when you're by yourself. So, being as that. Most of the time when I was getting together to play games with people, it was at someone else's house. It's just one of those games I have no reason to own. And I feel bad about that because it's so well done for so many things. You know, just to, I guess, because I have to mention the story and I got to counter it a little bit. Uh, not Again, not that you're being negative, but... No. Um, or not that you're not allowed to be either. But uh, I do share the same criticisms with you. But the one thing that I do remember being special for a two-player experience was, um, so, you know, my girlfriend and I, we started off with a long-distance relationship, and that, uh, you know, has its certain challenges and everything. But one thing that really kind of was a memorable way that we kind of connected when we were together was uh, I remember visiting her um, uh, early on in the relationship and playing the Metroid minigame where she was the... So good. I believe she was the uh, person on foot, and then I was the uh, you know in the ship, and just us just working together to tackle those challenges and just take things down. It was really like awesome. You know, she was my uh, uh, what the hell did I? Oh, I called her my galactic girl to be a little bit of a nerd, but uh, you know, but because it was just so fun, and that's I mean we had fun with the whole game, but that specifically was a memorable moment for us. And uh, you know, I gotta give Nintendo props for creating that experience for us. Nice. I agree. Like that's awesome. Uh, Trish and I actually did the same thing. We would play the Metroid one two players, um, and the Zelda one two players. Mm-hmm. We had quite a bit of fun doing that as well. Um, we also actually we went to one of the the last meetups we went to. We played a lot of the Metroid one. It's really fun multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Like really fun. It's the one that probably takes the most getting used, like figuring out the controls. But it's uh, it's good stuff. Yeah. But yeah, once again, jumping into what Dave's saying, you need at least one other person to be playing with you in order to really get that feeling, right? Yeah, the only, yeah. there's only the Yoshi one and the Donkey Kong one that I felt were pretty good for a one-player experience. But uh, the Donkey Kong one's kind of limited because you only really have like the three main stages. Um, I think there were some, some bonus stuff, but... Uh, the Donkey Kong one is really fun, but you, it's one of those ones where you still need more people around because you need to challenge each other. Trish and I like went nuts on that Donkey Kong game. Mm-hmm. We like were just like we would be slightly faster, and you get the ghost of the last person right, right. race against. Right. Oh man, 
I mean, it's a single player game, but at its heart, really, it's competitive. True. The Yoshi one is just lame. <laughs> and the octopus, the octopus one is like the worst thing ever. Oh, I blacked that one out of my mind. I didn't remember that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember. I thought the Yoshi the one was fun, one. though. It's okay. Yeah, like, I, no, the Yoshi I like one's the Yoshi all right. One, okay. But it reminds me of like a mobile game. Like, yeah. I mean, like, you know. But the octopus one, does anyone remember it? No. It's based off of one of the best game and watches. Yeah, it yeah. Is. It's horrible. Oh, isn't it like. It's like dance. You yeah. Like, you're picking the poses or something really quick. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. That is mental. <laughs> I think that's the first one that I played, and I was like, wow, Nintendo Land, you're a great piece of software. You know, it'd be kind of fun to dissect that game a little bit, and, um, you know, like many years late, but uh, dissect it and kind of figure out what, what I've replaced it with and come up with some other alternatives, but uh, another but day. See, and, and, like, I just wanted to reiterate my, my point that this is not meant as a critique of the game. It's just, if you're going to ask the question the way you asked it, where, is it a black sheep within my collection? Yeah, sadly it is, but it's not because the quality of the game, it's the circumstances under which I own it. Sure. Yeah, so that's a pretty it, good answer. And that falls with, and that's for the same reason why I only own one or two of the Mario Party games. Now, Mario Party has become a series, so it's a different, you can make a different conversation out of that. But it got to a point where I was realizing, like, I really don't need to own these. Because the odds of me playing them under the circumstances with which they are meant to be played are so few and far between. That's okay. I can skip that one. Yeah. So, yeah. That's it. Cool. I think I have mine now. Okay. I mean, uh, it's I, I would go with Mario Party 10, mm-hmm. but, I, but I'm sorry. I have to go with the easy answer. What's it going to be, Steven? Smash Brothers? Mighty Number 9. <laughs> Uh, Amiibo Festival. Oh, okay. You're going Poor Steven. Yeah. This, uh, it's know. not a bad... Yeah, it is. It's it's it's, it's an interesting... Well, yeah. How you define think, your sentence really yeah. change what I mean, you're saying, I, right? I, I had some fun playing, with, playing it a couple of times. It was nice and relaxing, but... Uh-oh. So that's <laughs> how I feel playing it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But it, it's nice and relaxing, but uh, it, there's no game to it, really. And it, had I paid full price for it, like some people, I probably would have jumped off the Ambassador Bridge. Oh, that's but, where I'm um, going tomorrow, actually. Unrelated. <laughs> to go jump off it. Uh, <laughs> um, it I, I don't know. It, it's interesting. You can use the Amiibo to move and all that stuff, but it, it's there's not much to it. But I think the thing that really makes it seem like absolute like just a stab is the fact that that's what we got instead of Animal Crossing. Yeah, and they they never atoned for it. No, they didn't. So I'm, I have a feeling they will on the Switch, but uh, yeah, that's um, my choice. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I I definitely want to support you on that one. Uh, and actually, I was you know it's funny when I was trying to think of the one I'll do. You know that one for some reason didn't catch. I think it's because it's at the top of the list. But um, but no, absolutely, it's it's one of my biggest. Uh, you know, regrets, that's for sure. Um, and the reason is because I just, I kept telling myself that it was going to be better than what they were showing, and it never was. The whole, the whole main game mechanic, the board game mechanic was definitely, yeah, I mean, it was fun for a minute, but once you saw like 10 animations, you're like, okay, I'm kind of done. And yeah, requiring amiibo to, to roll dice, that was a really bad way to use amiibo. Oh, yeah, you had to pass the screen around mm-hmm. and, 
some of the writing was actually pretty cute, like well done. Like, yeah. it was, but I mean, eh. the, the the one thing I did like about it the most, uh, although it didn't have the depth that would have kept me coming back, was that one island-based game where you're kind of collecting resources, and it almost reminds me of Settlers of Catan as far as the board looks, uh, with the hexagons and stuff. But uh, that's actually a, a pretty neat. That's like a good part of the game. Yeah. I agree. But it just, it was really, I, I was hoping that it would be expandable and be a deeper aspect, but it really isn't. So um, I'm not sure where they were going with this or why they thought this was going to sell well, but I think it's one of the reasons that the Animal Crossing Amiibo didn't do as well as the other lines, for example. Because I think Animal Crossing is a strong franchise, but the people who love it would love it for what it is. They don't love it for its spinoff, you know? Yeah, so, and I think the Amiibo would have done better had there been an Animal Crossing game to connect them to. But sure. it's strange, because now there is. Yeah. Suddenly. And, and there's cards instead, you know? Which, for how many characters, I guess that is a, a go- okay way to go. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just... This is definitely... I'm glad you brought it up, and I'm glad we are asking about this, because, you know, I'm not here to gush about every single thing that ever happened to the Wii U. I think this is definitely one of the, the more darker moments in the in the life cycle yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh but yeah only only you and i are speaking right now because you and i are the fools who uh, bought it <laughs> i'm the fool who paid full price uh because i wanted the amiibo not thinking that maybe the amiibo would be sold separately for a much cheaper cost later on um but i don't really sell games i've i've only made that mistake once so if it's in my collection it stays there and uh you're it's, here it's here for life you know <laughs> Me and, me and Erica had played it a little bit and enjoyed it, but uh, certainly not in the same way as the Metroid minigame from Nintendo Land. Way different. But, uh, but yeah, good answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe, do you have one lined up? Um, and this probably won't take terribly long to talk about, but um, Wii Sports Club. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Remember that one? Yeah, I, I downloaded Was, uh, it and played it a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> So did everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was, I don't know if it was a launch title, but I know that it was one of the first things that I acquired. I think I bought, when I got the Wii U, I think it came with, no, it came with uh, Super New Super Mario Brothers plus the Luigi. Uh, I bought Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate, and then I downloaded Wii Sports Club. And... I was so super excited about Wii Sports Club because I loved Wii Sports, but the things that I did not like about it was that sometimes it was a little hard to find, you know, real life opponents that were going to play with you in the same room. Um, and to be perfectly honest, uh, my own insecurity is such that I was not in love with the idea of sort of flailing my body around with other people in the same room. Uh, so, <laughs> so those two things are kind of at odds with each other, right? You need other people to play, but I was never all that motivated to you know, try to invite them, even if I could find them. But we sports club, the whole idea was that you would have these, uh, you know, some of the, some of the games that were from we sports. But you would be able to play them online versus random people across the interwebs. Um, and it was going to be in HD and it was going to have Wii Motion Plus. So it would, you know, work better and everything. And honestly, there's really nothing wrong 
with the gameplay. The gameplay itself was just what I would be hoping for. Um, the only problem was no one was ever online, ever. <laughs> like wow. even from when it started, there would you know I would try to get um, like a golf game going. That was actually what I was kind of most excited about, and I. I don't really care anything for real life golf, but I just thought it would be you so fool. fun. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would be so fun to play nine holes or whatever it is against virtual, uh, well, I guess real opponents, but in a virtual setting. And I was just really excited about that. But, um, I feel like you could have a maximum of three opponents. I think it was rounds of four people, I think, but I don't think I ever had more than two ever and usually it was just one and usually that one person would like quit halfway through or something like that so it was just uh it was so 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 disappointing so i don't know what uh that, that basically sums it all up i thought the experience you know what was offered was amazing but just there was just no one there to play it with so it kind of ceased to have any reason for existing for me but um yeah so uh any any of you uh, it sounds like paul you had it uh anyone else have it anyone else give it a try what were your experiences i um i i mean i haven't tried it and i i just wasn't motivated to because there was no promise of like more sports i wanted to see something fresh and so i wasn't interested in replaying bowling uh and then to find out that I guess maybe there's a lot of people like me who were having that problem, but to hear that the online was not very uh, consistent, just like you're talking about, yeah. um, it just was the final death knell that just I completely forgot it existed, more or less until I, I put this list back together, you know? Um, yep. And it's a shame because Wii Sports was such an epic uh, franchise for the Wii. I know. And I know. Wii Sports Resort is one of my favorite games on the Wii. Like, Wii yeah. Sports Resort is it's a meaty, meaty piece of software. Yeah. Yeah. So this absolutely. felt like a, this felt like one of Nintendo's attempts at cashing in, you know, kind of a lackluster effort for a not to say premium cost. I can't recall exactly how expensive this was, but uh, but more or less kind of one of those rehashing an old experience kind of things. So that's yeah. why I avoided it. Mm-hmm. It was basically well, just that if I felt like I wanted to to play those games, I'll just put it in the Wii or uh, yeah, the Wii, not the Wii U, and then just go to town on it that way. But you could put it in the Wii U. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that could have hindered it too for for folks, right? Well, that's the thing. Like, I downloaded it and I was like, oh, you know, I could go for some bowling. And then I played it and I went, oh, yeah, I played this literally probably 12,000 times. <laughs> and then uh, I, I fell for the, uh, you know, the blind hope that, like, when, when when they first announced it, people were going, oh, wow, you know they're going to release, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And then maybe they can release soccer and maybe they can release this. Making, and, you know, I kind of fell for the hype that people just, Nintendo didn't create, but people created around it. Like expecting like, Oh, you know, they can just, you know, a la carte throw out these new sports, you know, once every couple months, which would have been really cool, but it didn't happen. And, I, thought, uh, I thought that they did do that because you didn't, I know when you purchased it, like I, with the original I think I only games though. What's that? So they did it with the original five games. They yeah, yeah, yeah. They, 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 yeah, they did do that, but it was with yeah, the like the original Wii Sports games. 
like, but people were going, oh, you know, and then maybe they can do like a, you know, I think a we we sports football or we sports this or that the other. It sure. was like bowling and uh, bowling and golf or bowling and tennis. Tennis, were like the two yeah. that started, and then the the other three came later. But it just never, yeah, like like Paul said, everyone was hoping that hey, maybe there'd be hockey or something or you know, yeah. Uh, and and you take any Mario sports title and put me's in it. You could have just done that, you know, more or less, and uh, not, nothing ever came out of it. Now, yeah, but to be fair, you know, Nintendo Nintendo never said they were going to do that. But I, I fell for that, you know, that hope. Mm-hmm. And then that was kind of disappointing. And I was like, oh, you know, I'll try it. And they have, I think the pricing was you could rent it for like 24 hours <laughs> for a certain amount. Or you yeah. could purchase it outright for a certain amount. And in my mind, I was like, yeah, I'll just purchase them. It would be nice to have them on the system, you know, just whenever I feel like it. But I realized when I played the like the one free game that I had I don't need it on my system whenever I feel like it <laughs> it's mm-hmm. exactly what Dave said I can stick we we sports resort in the slot and mm-hmm. play like a thousand different games on uh, woohoo island <laughs> so anyway I agree that's a that's a good choice indeed so my black sheep uh, is not like a Nintendo developed game, um, but uh, why does it sound like a lamb? <laughs> Lisa, sorry, <laughs> sorry, completely, completely off topic. <laughs> so, uh, so I think my black sheep uh, would be actually. I'm going to say Mutant Mud Super Challenge. Oh, really? Yeah. So I had never played the Mutant Muds games really before. I might have demoed one before, but I was when I heard of the Super Challenge, I was like, "Oh, this will be good." You know, I mean, I'll finally get into the game and the franchise, and into the uh, the challenge of it. Because I, you know, not that I heard the first was easy, but I was like, you know, I, I'm good at platformers. This is fine. <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't know the physics of this game. I didn't understand, I guess, just how challenging they really would make this. And um, and maybe it, maybe it, maybe I just suck at it, and it's not that hard for most people or something. But I found it to be a super challenge, like they say. And um, to the point where I really wasn't having fun collecting everything and trying to be thorough uh, and then having, you know, the random cheap death where unlike, say, Super Meat Boy, where it's really quick to come back or uh, Bit Trip Runner 2, which was also on the Wii U, you know, where you just kind of start really quickly. It just it was slow, you know, it just felt like a slow, clunky game. It, and it is, yeah. No offense to the game. I'm sure that I, I know a lot of people love it, but for me, it's definitely a black sheep that I can't undo and get my money back on. But um, I don't think I'll ever really make it through it. I don't think I'll ever push myself through the, that game. But uh, yeah, maybe maybe I should have tried with the other one. You know, the the non super challenge, the simple challenge. I ha- I have uh, the original Mutant Muds on the 3DS. Yeah. It's okay. I didn't actually end up beating it either, though. The the only the thing that I liked best about it was there were bonus worlds that were colored like a Virtual Boy game. Hmm. I was like, oh, that's a cute thing because you know the game's in 3D and there were like the secret red and black worlds. Right. But I mean, it 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 does play very slowly. You die and you have to start over. That that guy does not move. Mm-mm. swiftly and i felt that i was getting so good at like certain aspects of the level but man then you get just one millimeter closer yeah and then you <laughs> keep doing it again and and it just i was just done with it so uh yeah that, that was my black sheep for sure so which uh of these games i'm going to reverse them from the list we have here but which of these games um that you don't have in your collection but you see in this list that you wish or maybe not even in the list but 
what games do you wish you had picked up? You know, what's uh, that you had heard about or experienced maybe partially, but you never owned, and you kind of regret it. So I don't know if uh, anyone can jump in first with that, but... Uh, Funky Barn? <laughs> <laughs> that is in the list, uh, Joseph. Yep. Um I almost, I almost picked that as my black sheep, but uh, it would have been the obvious choice. <laughs> but I've, I've used, I've actually talked about this game on the podcast before. This was the game that I, quote unquote, won from the Negative World Meetup in Rochester a few years ago. It was, uh, you know, one of those uh, Yankee Trader games or whatever you call it, and uh, the, yeah. I came away with my own copy of Funky Barn for the Wii U. In all who, seriousness, who, who who got that? Who purchased it? Yeah, I think it was Mustache. I had a feeling. It. I, I yeah. just had a feeling it was him. <laughs> but uh, in all seriousness, it is a good game. It is totally like shovelware, and you know, production value is crap. Whatever. It is a fun game. It has three levels of difficulty. And I mastered the easy, medium, and almost the hard. I, I just basically kind of walked away from it eventually. But it is like a fun, good, cute game. So that's why I couldn't really... It, it's a black <laughs> sheep, and it doesn't make any sense for anyone to own it or for it to ever have been made. But I really can't uh, hate on it too much, because for what it is, it's it's pretty darn fun. So anyway... Moving on. So, Joe, then do you have a, um, a game that you wish you had picked up that you want to speak about since you're already talking? Just, just glancing over this, I mean, I, I, I mentioned Lego City Undercover, definitely. I, there, there's really there's really a lot. I mean, I don't know. I, I know Splatoon's I'll number one, but... <laughs> <laughs> Stop trying to make something happen. It's going to happen. So yeah. You're just going to twist that knife a little bit more, are you? Oh, yeah. It's covered in ink. Um, but I would also say Fatal Frame, mm. very interesting. Zombie U, you know, I would like to play all of these games eventually. So, uh, yeah, I mean, not to um to stop you, but Zombie U, I just want to throw a little bit of love out there for that game, which I have not finished, and I I really still want to force myself to do so. But that was a game that I really think also helped define the uh, beginning life of the Wii U. Would you say, Paul? Mm. Zombie U? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's an excellent game. And it works really well with the uh the the tablet controller. Yeah. I mean I think that's pretty great that a game like that, which really is against the Nintendo grain uh in many aspects, um, was one of the first games to use the, the tablet in in the ways that it did and also was such a well renowned game uh upon its release. You know, it, it sold well. It was uh, well discussed, and um, enough to where I think uh, it actually did it release already on other platforms. Even it did. Yeah, it's called Zombie. Yeah. Without without the U, it's on Steam for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how it plays. Right. Right. But the Wii U game is definitely a good game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's a, a little gem that I think. Uh, you know, I don't. I really don't think it's underestimated either. I think people appreciate it, probably at the level it should be. But um, you know, not surprised to hear Joe uh, wishes he had played it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
What about uh, you, Paul or Dave? Man, I've just got a lot of these games. I know. Well, yeah, <laughs> and, considering you're, there's only 20 on the list that you don't have or so. And actually, <laughs> a new Super Luigi U, I forgot to mention, so I should actually be on that you list bad, as well. It's all my data is wrong. I know, I screwed it up by not, by, well, it's because I bought, I bought it as DLC, right? Dave, so Dave I, I forgot to. He actually questioned me about that. He's like, yeah. "Does Paul not actually own that?" I'm like, "He probably does. He just I do has so many <laughs> games. He has no idea what he's got anymore." I know. I don't even know. Although I did also include Pikmin's short movies HD. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if that really true. counts. As a game. I guess you're right. I, I don't know why I kept that in there, but uh, whatever. Oh, whatever. Um, that balances out. Um, I don't know. Like. The, I was going to say Rodia the Sky Soldier, except Joe had a lot of bad stuff to say about it. It's just every time I go to a, every time I go to a store, it's always so cheap and like brand new for like twelve ninety nine. Oh my god! I'm like, I, it's so tempting. Um, Dude, for that price, just try it. I mean, I think the the characters alone, I'll probably get some enjoyment out of it, you know, but. Whatevs. Well, maybe. Whatever. I mean, it happens every once in a while. But I mean, truthfully, I, I don't know. I think I have pretty much everything that I. Well, let me ask you this: Do you have want. Shovel Knight? Oh, I have it on 3DS. Okay, I'll try it. Pushmo World. No, I have Pushmo, but I think I got my like Pushmo. I I think I got Pushmo out with Pushmo. Fair enough. <laughs> Steam World Heist. You don't have that one. Oh, yeah, SteamWorld Heist. I actually really want that, but There's I don't have answer. it yet. Okay. Yeah, that's right. There you go. All right. And I also, there. I do have Freedom Planet. Who Who's the one who has Freedom Planet? Me. Here? That's yeah, me. I have, I have it on Steam, but uh, that's a good one. Okay. But yeah, no, SteamWorld Heist. Yeah, let's go with that, because I definitely want to play that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you haven't played on the 3DS, I'm guessing, then? The SteamWorld Heist? Yeah. No, I haven't played it on anything. Okay. I played I played Dig on the 3DS and on... Uh, Steam, but uh, I quite yeah. enjoyed it. I mean, I know that those SteamWorld games have have been out on various other systems, but Image Inform really does love Nintendo, and uh, having their games on the Nintendo Wii U has been, uh, I think, just a really a really great plus to the system. Yeah, I, I have a feeling like I, I really enjoyed just having it on the 3DS. So I'm, Heist is on the 3DS, right? Yep. Yeah, I'll probably just do that. All right. Well, then it's no longer your uh, the game you wish you picked up. What's that? Uh, it's no longer the game you wish you picked up on Wii U if you want it on 3DS. Oh, yeah. No, sorry. No, on Wii U. I, I want it on oh, Wii U. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, it's Let's like not, a, not draw this out any like longer. I'm, I'm like pressuring you for a uh, for a sale. But, uh, uh, so, uh, Dave. Uh, I kind of got three in no particular order aside from alphabetical. Wish I would have had a chance to play Hyrule Warriors because that looked pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. It's uh, excellent. Uh, Shovel Knight, I haven't played in any form. It's excellent. And I feel <laughs> I would be remiss um, to not support our Nintendo World brother and play Tadpole Treble. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. No, yeah, I think you're the. I think you're the one person on here. Who I am the one person it, right? on the, on our list that doesn't have it. And I was, and I got to thinking, I'm like, you know what? I feel I would be doing. It a disservice to not get it and and give it a go. So, well, to my, be fair, that's my. There's list. also another Nigger World brother, and I'm the only one with his game, and that's oh, shapes there? of shapes of gray. Yep. Secret I tunnel. didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I actually did not know that. Yeah, that secret tunnel right there. 
Well, I apologize. Is, uh, I apologize to Secret Tunnel because I honestly did not know that. Sorry, it's, it's fine. It came out a while it's a ago. Off from the book. <laughs> that's that's the go. That's the go-to joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've made it. That's why I made it. Yep. Shape some gray. So let's take a moment then to uh, to just uh, first of all, you know, give a I guess a silent round of applause here or, or whatever. But um, for uh, Secret Tunnel and for Triforce Bun because the Wii U was the uh, generation where they were able to get their games on a Nintendo console, which is just exciting. Yeah, so congrats to them. Yeah, to be sure. That is mm-hmm. that is like a dream come true, right? Like I don't know. I can't even imagine. Someday I would like to be. One of those people. One of those guys. System. <laughs> yeah. I just think that's amazing. I, I, I don't know. It's so cool. Yeah. Very cool. I, I agree. Now, I wasn't there for uh, kind of a lot of the development of uh, Shapes of Grey, um, although I, I did follow a little bit when Secret Tunnel would, would post about it, but uh, Tapple Trouble, you know, I had backed on Kickstarter and I was able to kind of ride out that wave all the way through. And uh, and it just it is a really, I guess, uh, proud moment for me, just as a buddy of his, uh, you know, who I know through the site and everything, that to, to be able to see the process develop. And, it, and you know, on the podcast, we've had him on uh, before the game released to talk about his experience and everything. And it's just been very fun being along for the ride as, as a negative worlder and... Um, and again, when the game came out, it was just it was uh, it was a very good game, very fun game, and um, just uh, just really cool to see these uh, these things. And uh, hopefully, they're selling well. I mean, you know, the guys don't really talk about sales or success or anything, but um, you know, yeah, I know I'd they're love very kind of. He he did mention about that. He he did mention that uh, the amount of money that it costs them personally to put it on the Wii U is probably not going to balance back. I think they make more sales on Steam, but he said it was just worth it just to get it onto the Nintendo system. Right. He I, mentioned I it in, in, a, in a random thread somewhere. He's like, he's not sure if they're going to get that specific money back, like from Nintendo, like from selling it on the Wii U, but it was totally worth it. Now, is that because of the whole, like, has nothing to do with the game's actual Wii U sales as opposed to the monetary structure of Nintendo? I, well, I, I don't know. You, Probably okay. have to ask him that, but I mean, it, a big part of it also is just—I mean, the Wii U is—it's it's dead man walking right now, right? So, how dare you? It's all. <laughs> I, I wish it wasn't. What evidence do you have, sir? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, no, apparently it's, it's also one of the best reviewed uh, Wii U uh, eShop games of the year, which is really good. Oh. So oh, yeah, I I too was a backer, and uh, yeah, that's great. First and only thing I've ever backed on Kickstarter. Very nice. <laughs> what if what if I was going to put something on Kickstarter? Would you back me? Absolutely. I would. I would back whatever effort was trying to it, put in <laughs> to whatever you were doing. <laughs> what if I was making I don't know sparkly Christmas cards? Stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> I'm clearly tired. I haven't been up this late in a while. <laughs> You're doing great. Thanks. This is all gold. <laughs> so let's see. Um, did, uh, did we go through all three of you guys? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So it's me. Um, my and my old response would have been uh, Kirby and the Rainbow Curse. 
because I really mm. was interested in that until I tried it over at Joe's house and realized the curse yep. part. Yep. And um, so that's out. Um, and looking at the the list of what I don't have that's in this in this list here, there's not that much that really intrigues me to where I wish that I you know, picked it up. I mean, the, the NES remix, I actually have that whole compilation on the 3DS. So that's got to be out and stuff like that. But um, I would say uh, probably, honestly, Mario Party 10. We'll go with that. I mean, I heard that was a pretty pretty good Mario Party. It's okay. Okay. Um, but I mean, but no, no. <laughs> the Bowser mode is really fun, but you need to have the right amount. You need like five people to play that to pro- yeah. proper to play it properly. And the regular, like, even still, you're still you're you're in that car, moving along all together. Okay with that. I'm not. Fair <laughs> I was I was okay with it Mario with Mario Party Nine because it was a little different, but like the problem with it is the the boards are finite. Like you go in a straight path and then you reach the end and then the stage is done or like the game is done. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's it feels repetitive when you play the same boards. Well, let me let me take that thread and just mix it into um. What was that? Oh, that was uh, my wife. Yeah, yeah. That. What? What? what yeah. Un- unfortunately, you 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 can't screw people over enough. Uh, okay. Well, the, way, is... the way that it works now, you like, it, and that's that's that was always kind of like a big part of. That's the heart of Mario Party. Party. Yeah. I thought that was but the I think point of Mario. Party. But I think Trish just said that that's why she kind of likes these ones more. <laughs> so they're a bit less stressful, perhaps. Yeah. But well, that's that's why I I. But that's the thing. Like Mario Party, as Dave can attest to, was something that we played a lot of in undergrad when we were uh, in in university. And I loved pissing people off. Oh, like, or did you? <laughs> Luigi, the reason you got out of bed. <laughs> yeah, for the days that I got out of bed, yeah, it for was the... important. University. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, the one thing that I wanted to add about Mario Party 10, despite not playing it myself, but one of the things that you mentioned was the Bowser mode, which was the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm trying to blank it on the, on the terminology, but the, um, you know, when, when you, what, what the hell was the term, the coin term uh, for a fifth player kind of running the show a little bit with the tablet? Um, you know, in, in New Super Mario Brothers U, you have that mode where you can actually put the blocks, the little platforms. Yeah, yeah. there's um, there's a term for it for that kind of gameplay. Yeah, fifth player. Yeah, no, no, but there's an actual term for it. You guys <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure. I'm gonna have to like record it later and just go like Tablotron. Yeah. Right. Um, I know, I I know, Anand uh, has talked at length about this, but anyway, um, this whole uh fifth fifth wheel kind of thing or, or where you're controlling aspects of the games that you never really would have without a tablet i thought was a really cool premise and a, and a promise that never really did come into full fruition unfortunately with the wii u and that was one of probably my biggest regrets is that there wasn't enough games that utilized that kind of uh gameplay asymmetric oh, yeah. multiplayer thank you very yes, much yes there it is yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. yes like uh like i don't know um I think Zombie U had a multiplayer mode that tried to use it a bit. Uh, obviously, New Super Mario Brothers U did. So, I mean, a couple games in the beginning really did. Uh, I'm sure Nintendo Land had examples in there too, uh, so to speak. But um, but it just it just never really followed through the whole generation. 
and uh, and I always just was disappointed in that. Um, not that I needed like a uh, you know rear view uh, window kind of or rear view mirror kind of thing Mario Kart where you could maybe throw out like uh, your weapons that way or have someone do that almost like a la double dash. But um, but that would have been a cool idea, for example, or just just different things that would have allowed someone to use the 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 gamepad in a in a unique way, especially with when you already have four players, which was definitely feasible. Well, at Bowser mode definitely is that, and, yeah. and it is really fun, but you still need to have that many people right, to you, play it properly. So, are you able to play with three people, for example, and still have two, and then one person be you, Bowser? You can, yeah. But it's still more fun to have more people, as as with you know any Mario Party. Well, yeah, and in, in that sense, I guess I should uh, curtail back a little bit and say that maybe it's not so much that Nintendo failed to succeed there, but that also it is a big hurdle to require you know five people to really create modes that might be the most uh, fruitful in that sense. You know, so I know like of all my board games on my shelf, all the ones that are best with five six people. You know, don't get played nearly as much because it just it can be hard to get that many people around, and uh, Nintendo never really seemed to nail those kind of things with um, online. So, but uh, so that would be the uh, the game I wish I picked up would be Mario Party Ten. I almost did. I actually had it pre ordered for the Mario Amiibo, and then I that's when I got wise, um, even though I was unwise because Animal Crossing came later. But I decided to <laughs> to cancel the Mario Party, figuring that I would be able to get the Amiibo itself later on and uh, so and actually just last week Erica was saying that she kind of wished that I had picked it up just because she kind of felt like playing it you know we don't have a Mario Party readily available right now because of the way that our systems are set up so hmm. yeah but uh, we can move on to the fourth and final question that I had prepared of course you guys you know we could chime in anything additional after that but uh, I wanted to ask you guys what would you suggest we we play before the generation is over. What if we maybe what what we you know haven't talked about yet? But uh, what game do you think people out there need to play before they put their Wii U's away and start on the Switch? I would like more people to give Color Splash a chance. Yeah, I think it's but a really I, good game. How far are you? Uh, I think I have four of the big paint stars. Okay. So I'm decently through. Cool. Uh, okay, so and I'll also go with Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to throw both of those out there. With the, We're play that. With the Sharp FE, I think that's... I think one of the things that might have hurt that was just the misunderstanding behind it. For myself, I have no idea what the hell that game's about. Because it has <laughs> a ridiculous name? <laughs> that, that's part of it, but... The name um, is beyond ridiculous. But I don't yeah. think that they really... In, in their promotional material, that it was it was it was definitely catered to the people who were fans of the franchises that it's based around. I don't think they did much of a push to try to cater to uh, newbies. That's too bad because it's its own thing, really. Yeah, like there's there's no fire emblem to it whatsoever. Truthfully, and is that I mean, there's like I mean, when it comes to, it's not a bad thing either. Like the characters who are the fire emblem characters could have been created characters truth at least yeah. i feel that way um because there's there's no connection to fire emblem really and really there's no connection to um a shin megami tensei aside from it feeling like a persona game um 
it's it's its own thing. It's it's an RPG, very Japanese RPG that takes place in Tokyo, and it's fun. It's it's just really fun. Hmm. Well, um... you do not need to be a fan of either of them because it's really it's just it's its own game completely. Do you know what it's selling for these days? Has it gone down in price to where it might be more uh, appealing? Probably not. That's yeah. not usually how, how Nintendo games roll, and it's kind of a Nintendo game since it has the sharp FE in it. Right. Hmm. Well, fair enough. And then, uh, so you've beaten that game then? I haven't had a chance to beat it just yet because of certain circumstances, but uh, it is a game I will be beating. Like, definitely, definitely. Because I really, really like it. Mm-hmm. And then Paper Mario, how far are you through that? Paper Mario, I beat. Okay. Yeah. And um, yeah, and, I mean, so far I, I gotta echo your your request for people to play because I think people are so hung up on the sticker star thing that they're not giving this game a chance. But at least that's the argument. And uh, I was someone who was definitely able to shed that early on. But um, luckily for me, it didn't bite me in the ass, and I actually do agree that uh, it is better than Sticker Star, and it is similar in a couple ways, but not any significant ways that'll really hurt the gameplay. As long, I think the the main thing for people, they need to learn to detach this, you know, requ- uh, this requirement they have that Paper Mario equals Paper Mario and Paper Mario uh, Thousand Year Door. Unfortunately, that's just not the case anymore. And um, we can we can stop wishing for it to come back, and uh, I mean, we, well, we can we can always want it to come back, but uh, we shouldn't hate the games in the series that aren't it just because they're not it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, um, although truth truth be told, Sticker Star I didn't beat, and I didn't even I kind of I found it clunky. Yeah. But I think the thing that got me through. Uh, well, not got me through, but like that made that helped me really enjoy um, Color Splash. Was it's just so the presentation is just so good. Yeah, I, once again, I mean, in Nintendo's first generation with NHD console, they really did knock a lot of these out of the park, didn't they? Oh, for sure. And then writing, like just the writing, and like the the staff who did the writing, just they had their A game in that game, like mm-hmm. total A game. It's hilarious. The story and all the different quips and everything are, are really actually enjoyable to go through. Whenever, oh, whenever yeah. the action stops to hear someone talk, it's uh, it's usually entertaining. I got yep. to agree with you on that one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Dave. Yeah. What game would you suggest we, uh, whether us or anyone, play before the generation's over? I don't know that I really have one, because my experiences on the, on the Wii U were, in most cases... Most people's like were, were games that most people hit on, um, so it's not like I have anything that was kind of underrepresented. I mean, I, I, once again, my favorite game was Lego City, and clearly that had enough of a following to get released as a well, whatever their greatest hits collection, whatever they call it now, Player Select or something like that. So it obviously was noticed. Um, Smash was noticed. Mario Maker, we all Splatoon. So I guess for myself, I, I have a difficult time kind of coming up with anything that's somewhat. Well, let me maybe... throw something out there. Sure. That maybe you would agree with. Uh, just looking at your, you know, what you own versus uh, 
uh, what we own or anything, but like you, mm-hmm. you, you only played New Super Luigi U. Yes. Uh, I think some people, a lot of people probably would have picked it up, like myself, you know, knowing it's just more Mario, but I think some people um, may not have liked the fact that it's not really, uh, you know, a pack for levels that you just kind of lollygag and explore, but you, it's kind of a, a quick game. You, you run through these levels trying to collect everything, and it's more of a race. Would, yeah. you, would you recommend that uh, for fans of the Mario series? Yeah, I would. For it, to to put it out there in that way, yeah, I would. Um, because it, it's a a slightly different spin on a, on an old formula. Um, it's in some ways a standard Mario game, but not all at the same time. So yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. Okay, that was a good choice. Way to go, Dave. Thanks. <laughs> Thought of it came from my brain, and then through Steven's mouth, and it was it was there. <laughs> Uh, so Joe do you have uh, a game in mind I sure do Uh I think more people should play Wii Sports U (laughs) (laughs) everyone can feel what Joe feels (laughs) and uh, yeah they should play it online and they should call me before they do there you go so so that's your serious answer (laughs) I don't really have, I mean, sort of like how Dave started, I just, I don't really, I was looking over this list and I don't really feel like there's anything, I feel like, because I haven't played Tokyo Mirage Sessions yet, maybe that would be it, Mm -hmm. I don't know that I can really recommend Rodeo the Sky Soldier, so that's But Funky Barn. Yeah, I think I've said my piece on Funky (laughs) Barn. What about the Bayonetta 2? I mean, that was quite a shocking thing for us to get oh, a Bayonetta, you know? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Then, All right. Know, Paul's played it, but, like, I've always been skeptical, and I, I, I hope it's done well enough that it was a success, because it was a ballsy move, I think, for Nintendo to swoop in there and support them. But mm-hmm. uh, would you? did you like it enough that you would recommend it to uh, people to try to pick up before we move on? Yes, absolutely, actually. Uh, you know, I also before Bayonetta was even a option for us Nintendo folks. I kind of, I was really not uh, into the idea of the franchise. I felt it was a little uh, exploitative, I guess. I don't know. I I, I didn't understand why it was even a video game, really. But um, when all of this sort of buzz about the sequel coming to the Wii U happened, I started paying attention, and I I said right from the beginning, I was like, if somehow they can release the first game on the Wii U, or some system in which I could experience that before I play the sequel, then I'll I'll check it out. And sure enough, they went above and beyond, as far as I'm concerned, by packing them both together. Um, So, I dove in, I checked it out. There is a lot of sort of you know, uh, as I would describe it, you know, Suda 51, No More Heroes kind of comedy and uh, content in there. Um, but the gameplay is amazing, and the world is extremely interesting, and the characters, for the most part, are you want to know more about them and everything, and it is. It is deeper than what I originally expected, just sort of uh, 
you know, when when you think about a game where it's like, oh, she's a witch and she has to be naked to cast spells because that makes sense, you know. So, uh, yeah. But in the end, I and so having played both back to back, I really, I really kind of feel bad for people who loved the first one but passed on the second one because it was you know on the Wii U and and they weren't gonna um, weren't gonna get it. Uh, because I, f- I feel like the second one is just a masterful refinement of what the first one was going for. That is for. totally so, true. The, f- the second one just yeah. feels like butter. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. it's like, cause I did the same. I, I played through most of it on the 360. Mm. And then, uh, I decided, you know what? I'm going to start again. I'll play through part one on the Wii U. Played that. I was like, why didn't I finish this? This is awesome. And as soon as I played part two, as soon as I started playing part two, you know, the beginning part where you like, you're, there's droves of guys going after you and it kind of gets you used to the controls. Mm-hmm. I like all of a sudden it just snapped and I was like into it all the way through the mm-hmm. game. It felt so good. Yep. yep yeah. Yep. That is a great package. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, right on. It's, it's great hearing you guys talk about this because. You know, I had, I was just so disconnected from that franchise, and I think that's, you know, where I might have, I feel like I might have missed my opportunity there. Especially with the fact that I don't think they pack in the first one with it anymore. No. So, you know, I hate that I kind of missed the boat, uh, as far as new copies are concerned, but, um, but no, I, I, I'm glad to hear that that is a, a game that I should have, and still should, try to play before. It's uh, a game pretty much everyone should have bought, truthfully. Like, totally. It's, really well done. I mean, a lot of the comedy and stuff, some of it can fall flat, but mm-hmm. it's, still, it's still pretty awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, uh, I'll finish up the question here with uh, with my pick, which I think um, looks like only uh, only Dave does not own this. Uh, maybe he still played it, though. But um, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that I think that a lot of people haven't played it, because I, I think it did very well. But um, but I still think it's it's probably the the pinnacle of its series, and um, and I just really think that everyone if they haven't played it now they should take some time to do so. And once you get to level three uh, one Grassland Groove, you just sit there oh, for a while. Okay, so good. You just sit there and you experience it, and that's what's going to happen. Yeah. But, uh, that sometimes when I'm at work and I need to feel like amped up, I just blast that in my fucking head. Because that just makes me so happy. No, honestly, like it just—it doesn't amp me up like in some sort of crazy like energy drink way. It just—it just brings me so full of joy that uh, whatever the hell's happening is suddenly unimportant, you know. But the level—the level that it's based on—is just so fantastic too, and the music and the the level design, again to the presentation, I, I think it's just such a pinnacle of uh, of the series, and again one of the Wii U's greatest games. I do feel like it's the best Donkey Kong Country, mm-hmm. like easily, even above the uh, rare originals. Yeah, I mean, I'll always have a I soft have spot for those ones, but uh, oh, it's very good. I'm looking forward to it. It's yeah. what's oh, amazing, yeah, it's... Joe, is you can just do it right now. Put, I know. <laughs> put that Pokemon down, man. <laughs> well, part of it is that it's a game uh, that I. I have to play with Amy, and so it it always makes it really tough. Any game that we play together uh, always takes a lot longer because both of our schedules have to line up. So, yeah. 
I do feel that the Donkey Kong Country games, the last two, work better as a single player experience, more so. Yeah. Uh, the the uh, the multiplayer can sometimes be very frustrating. You know. And yeah. For the first game, we uh, whenever it was like a really hard level, I know that we did we split off into the single player. But other than that, I thought it was pretty fun. Oh, that's good. That's good. I mean, it's pretty much the same. Pretty much the same idea. I'm glad you brought that up, though, Paul, because uh, one thing that I was emphasizing during this show is that Nintendo was really trying to create multiplayer experiences with. Mario 3D World, Splatoon, Smash Brothers, Mario Kart. I mean, they really were championing all these great multiplayer experiences. But I agree that Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze is best played by yourself. And mm-hmm. I'm glad that Nintendo still had these kind of experiences to offer that I didn't have to have my friends around to really just get sucked in and uh, and really thoroughly enjoy. So, um, yeah. I gotta give it love for that, and and this is a game that I haven't hundred percented, and I'm not sure if I ever really will get around to it. But I do want to go in and make sure that I've at least uh, completed each level. I'm not even sure if I've gone through every path. You know, I got I beat the main game, and then I had moved on. But um, to me, that's a faux pas. So I think I need to, you know, finish it before the generation's over. It's tough though. Yeah, like to one hundred percent it. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't either. Because those, uh, like the temples, that one has temples in it, right? Yeah, it has something just like, like that. Just yeah. like the first one, yeah. Like those types of levels are just so they're really well made, but they are challenging. Yeah, they really do test your uh, your limits, right? But uh, who are we kid? I'm not gonna touch shit because Platoon exists. So yeah. <laughs> all this is for nothing. <laughs> Can I just say one thing before we part and close this Wii U yeah. chapter? Yeah, I just wanted to, I just have had this in my mind uh, since we started uh, with this topic, but I just wanted to make sure that we go ahead and say um, at least the way that I feel is uh, it's kind of sad to me that the Wii U is like going to be looked upon historically as this failure and the misstep by Nintendo and etc. etc. To to me, so much of that is kind of like the way the business people are going to talk and think about it. But I think I can speak for all of us when I say that as a consumer, as a game player, the, I think the Wii U was an excellent machine and a, and a great purchase. Like some, you know, people speak with great reverence about say the Dreamcast, right? Because that system had, you know, maybe like a dozen really outstanding games or some, maybe two dozen if you're being generous. But I feel like, the Wii U has that easily. I feel like people, they don't talk about the Wii U as lacking for software or lacking for things to play or really high quality things to play. I think that was always there. I think that whatever sort of um, chemical reaction that resulted in the Wii U not being the great success that Nintendo hoped it was I, I think it's other things, you know. I think it's all these sort of peripheral things. It's it's the marketing message. It's maybe the name of the system. It's confusion over whether it was an expansion or, you know, did they justify the gamepad? Did they have to justify the gamepad, right? But I feel like end of the day, did it provide an outstanding library of games? I feel like it did, and I feel like I'm going to be catching up on that library well after the Switch is released. So, Cheers to that. I agree. 
Yeah, that was very well put. There's just a slew of games that right now we're all looking at in this list that we didn't even get a chance to talk about that are all fantastic. And, you know, the fact mm-hmm. that we didn't mention anything like, well, Xenoblade uh, <laughs> makes it seem like yeah. that game is what worth nothing. But, of course, there's so much to that. But we, there, we just couldn't get to it in, in this long podcast. Um, I think, mm-hmm. you know, you, you hit the nail on the head, Joe. I won't re- reiterate all the things you just said. But I think the other big thing that I think will always go down is one of the big faux pas of this generation was just the lack of a true Zelda. And I know that we're still going to get it technically, but it really, it's transitioning out. Um, it is, it's more or less a switch title that's going to be thrown onto the, the Wii U for those who don't want to upgrade. But, um, if they had put that somewhere in the middle, maybe things would have been a little different as far as sales, as far as, uh, energy, but clearly it is a bit of a misnomer to say that the, the Wii U was a true failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have hopes that it'll be looked back on not like a virtual boy, but more like a Dreamcast. Yeah, I think so. Because, I mean, geez, I have a lot of games on it, and I, I generally don't buy crap. I mean, to be fair, a lot of the games I do have, or not a lot of them, but I, I, like, I got one of those indie bundles, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, some of those games I didn't play. Ali Ali. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, I did. I did play that one. But I played it on the 3DS, so of course. Um, Everyone's got codes for Ali Ali to give away. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I mean, truthfully, like, okay, this thing says I have like 55 games, and to be fair, like when it comes to like games at retail or or something like that, I'd say 95% of those games that I own are totally worth playing. That's a lot of games. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think we all agree with you, Joe. <laughs> yeah, Word. way to sum it up very uh, eloquently for the end mm-hmm. here. And so I will. But they call me last comment, Joe. That's right. <laughs> and so I will take the opportunity now to finish the show off with a really just crappy cut up, you know, starting a sentence then going into another one kind of uh, conclusion here. Do it. Where um, do it? Where again? I just thank you everyone for uh, for participating and spending your time here this evening. Uh, celebrating a system that I think we all love and um, and we hope others will. And uh, thank you to the listeners for your time. I mean, we understand your investment as well. And uh, and yeah, we just we look forward to uh, to talking more about Nintendo, you know, going forward and uh, the Switch, and then uh, looking back and then touching upon the system because I think this this system will keep speaking uh, to us uh, even beyond its grave. So. All right, everyone have a wonderful uh, holiday. I don't know when this episode's going to get released, but uh, hopefully when you're listening to this, you are in a happy, uh, healthy, and safe place. <laughs> All right. Have a good one. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.